Hey guys, it's Dawn. If you would like to hear the How My Parents Raised Me podcast ad-free, and if you would like access to subscriber-only episodes, join me in the What's the Truth community. You can join via the Apple Podcast app. There's a link right there in the app. Or go to whatsthetruth.supercast.com. Links are in the show notes. Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com I often use this analogy of when we don't when we have trauma in the past as a child or a young teen, essentially we're living our life through these trauma stained lenses. We have glasses on that. We're seeing the world through the trauma pain, through the neglect, through the beliefs that we take on. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart. I don't deserve love. I have to work really hard to earn money or I'm not worthy of success or whatever those beliefs are we operate through those lenses. But when we start to heal and we turn inward and we really start to connect with our body, that changes our lenses. All of a sudden the, the, the glass starts to clear and we start to really connect with our innate divine selves that we are innately lovable and are loved. We are innately protected and safe and deserving of whatever it is that we really desire. And it starts to shift our ability to be in relation with others. Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me. I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls. And the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives. And that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you. 
What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are? Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story, what happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hello, my beautiful friends, it's Dawn and welcome back to the podcast. Last week, we heard part one of Mandy's story. Mandy was born to a single mum and she was very uncared for. She was left at home with a series of her mother's boyfriends whilst her mother was out of work. And Mandy was sexually abused and incredibly alone. When she did finally decide to speak out, her mother and stepfather committed suicide. And Mandy ended up in a mental health institution. Mandy's story is one of the hardest I have ever heard. And we rejoin her story now as she explains the effects of that trauma on her physical and mental health. She explains about what happened in her 20s and beyond and the many years she spent healing from those early years of trauma. One of the biggest steps in Mandy's healing came when she began somatic healing work, which is healing through the body. And Mandy is now a somatic healing practitioner and offers healing to others who are also suffering from trauma. Please join me now for part two of Mandy's story. And so... Tell us a little bit about then life moving forward. How did you kind of grow through your 20s? Like what was life like for you? Yeah, I I married my high school sweetheart, although it was short-lived. We, we divorced not too long after. But yeah, in my 20s, I got remarried and, you know, had two stepchildren and got to f- have this kind of being a mom and then not them not being with me. So having a little independence. And I loved that. I loved, I loved that dynamic because I thought I'm never going to be a mom myself. I don't want to have kids for the longest time. I just really rejected this idea of having children because I really felt like I had such a traumatic experience as a child. There's no way that I would not repeat that. You know, like I just held so much fear that I would just repeat those patterns and I would bring children into the world who would suffer like me. And I was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. So having stepchildren felt safe enough where they weren't always with me and they had this, you know, big dynamic family that could support them beyond me. So that felt, that felt okay. But as they started to become more in my life, I started to get triggered more triggered in terms of the ages that they were when I started to have sexual abuse and, you know, when I started to experience sexual abuse. And so there was a period in my twenties where I was having flashbacks and every time that my husband would touch my arm, it would instantly send me back to a moment in my bedroom where I was being abused. And so I went back on medication, back into therapy and started to really process the the flashbacks that I was having and this intense experience. I was again, depressed, anxious, not myself, 
you know, holding a lot of pain. But that process was so healing in that I was able to see the abuse through the eyes of an adult rather than just the eyes of a child, meaning I experienced it as a child. But now that I was adult, an adult, I could see that, oh, my gosh, my mom should have stopped that. My mom could have done something about that. My mom should have done this. And it was the first time I actually started to hold anger towards her for so long I had I had explained her her behavior and her patterns away I had explained you know I had stood up for her you know I had fought for her like she was a good mom it's fine you know but now all of a sudden I'm seeing this like oh my gosh how could she have done that like she didn't protect me and so for that alone I feel like going through that experience really was healing It helped separate me from feeling like I was the owner of the fallout of that and really seeing that I wasn't. It wasn't my fault. I didn't deserve that. I had to heal through it and had to get through it. And I got through it the best way I knew how. And that shouldn't be shamed or judged, but that wasn't my fault. And so I heal, I spent a couple of years really in that space of healing that. And as I started to heal it, I realized. I started to have little nuggets of, hey, maybe actually I would be a good mom. Maybe I I would be okay. And my feelings started to shift about being a mother. And so I at one point was like, all right, let's let's have kids. Let's let's do this. So I had two children. I have a son and a daughter. And they just are the loves of my life and have shown me so many ways in which I my little inner child has been neglected. And again, my children have been a source of my healing in that they will do something and either it will trigger me and that, and I've done enough therapy to know when I get triggered, I'm going to look at it instead of push it away. And when I look at those triggers, I see, oh, it's actually my little inner child that needs the love right now or needs to know that it's okay. Or I'll see them playing together and how how much they love each other and how sweet they are with each other. And I'll think, oh my gosh, like, that's so beautiful, you know, and I'll just well up with so much joy. So I had kids and, you know, enjoyed the early ages of my children. In my 30s, my late 30s, I started to notice I was holding a lot of anger in my body. And up to this point, I could have tapped into any other emotion but anger. I stayed away from anger. I couldn't feel it. I couldn't access it. For me, it felt like, why would I get angry? Like, it's fine. I'll just, you know, do what they say or do what they want to do. It was this part of like this people-pleasing pattern I had picked up as a result of all this trauma. And at a certain point in my late 30s, all of a sudden I'm feeling this like rage in my body. And it was coming out as emotional outbursts towards my kids yelling. And, you know, there was one moment when my daughter was younger and she is the one that has, is the most expressive with her emotions. She, you know, (laughs) from moment to moment, whether she's happy or sad. And she was having a moment where she was having a temper tantrum and just yelling and screaming. And I have my back to her and I'm washing the dishes and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I can't take this. And I can just feel this, this fire welling up and moving up my body. And I could just feel like, oh my gosh, I she needs to just shut up. Like, I can't take this. And, you know, eventually 
the top flew off and I exploded and turned around at her and threw this glass I had in my hand at the floor under her feet. And I just yelled at her, shut up, shut up. And I can remember looking at her and her face was just full of fear. And she said, I am so sorry. I'm, I'm so bad. I've done something wrong. And then instantly it was like, oh my gosh, what did I do? What is going on with me? This isn't the mom I want to be. I don't want, I don't want her to think that this is okay. And, you know, I, I hugged her and I apologized and I'm, you know, all the things in that moment we sat there and held each other. And then that really became the, the point in my life where I sought out therapy, but a different type of therapy over these years, over these 20 years, I was seeing, I was talking about my past with therapists. It was like talk therapy. And although that was helping me process things, there was still something left. And intuitively, I knew that something else was going on with me besides just talking about my story again and again. So I sought out a therapy modality called somatic experiencing therapy, which is a body-based therapy where the therapist helps you tap into your nervous system and connects you into where you hold the trauma wounds in your body, not just physically, but within in your organs, you know, in your cells, in your tissues. And that process alone, I spent a couple of years really processing this anger I was holding in my body as a result of my boundaries being broken, of not being cared for, of not being seen, of not being protected. All this anger was welled up inside me. And and in a couple of years, it was like healing 20 years worth of therapy. And all of a sudden, I'm able to really understand anger and feel it, but not in such an intense way that I had in the past and build up the resilience to really hold all the emotions that I was experiencing. And so it became very powerful a very powerful experience for me. And it got me to a point where for the first time ever I had, I felt regulated in my nervous system. I felt peaceful. I felt joy. I could tap into love, healthy, safe love. I could tap into my connection to nature, just continued to grow and expand. And my connection to my intuition started to grow and expand. And that's really when I decided my, my purpose here was not to be a corporate employee anymore. Like I had been for 20 years, it really was to serve and, and help in, in all the ways. And so I created my business at that point. Wow. That's amazing. Isn't it? That you, you find something that's so, and I have spoken to others about somatic healing. It just sounds so amazing. I just wanted to go back and, and just acknowledge your story about your daughter and your anger and and that moment and I think it's so important that we share those those moments when we are not perfect parents because yeah because we're all struggling with that as parents and unless we share that I mean everybody I think we tend to sort of put this image out into the world that we're all doing so well and I don't think most parents actually are doing so well you no, know we're right. all just kind of trying to struggle yes. through because we yes. are so triggered and and so the fact that you were able to go from that through to really being able to regulate 
your nervous system and and have so much healing in your body it's just amazing what somatic healing has done can you describe a little bit about how that actually works sure yeah i love it so much in fact i am in my third year of certification to become a somatic experiencing practitioner so essentially how it works is you know our nervous systems are where we you know we we don't process stress. We don't hold trauma just in our head. We really experience them in our bodies. And when we get to the point like I was where I'm feeling this anger, this rage, and I've I've talked about my story, I could tell you it in and out, you know, and, but I'm still experiencing something that needs to be healed. Somatic experiencing is all about honoring the place where your nervous system is at today and helping it slowly build up capacity to go deeper into more traumatic things and process them. So what I mean by that is first you start with learning how to just orient your body to your environment, meaning this is my body and I'm sitting here in this chair talking to you and I look to my right and I have some plants on the wall here and I can see that I could see the texture, I could see them. You know, we move through our days, not from one thing to the next, not really orienting to anything. And our nervous system is having to adjust every time we move throughout the day. So orienting helps you get centered just even if for a minute or two minutes helps you get centered into this moment to regulate, to start to calm your nervous system down enough where it can settle where you're at and then start to respond to what environment you're in gives it starts to build up this resilience here, but somatic experiencing is all about honoring. If my nervous system is very activated and triggered It's not the best approach to just start diving into a traumatic event and process it. What needs to happen really is regulating your nervous system, helping there be someone with you to co-regulate with. So our nervous systems can co-regulate, meaning they can they can follow the nervous system of someone else. So if I'm with a therapist and they are calm and they are grounded and I'm processing this anger and they say to me, yeah, you should be angry. I would be mad. You know, what does that anger want to do? What's the expression of that anger? Do you want to yell? Do you want to punch? Do you want to kick? And giving you space to move that anger in a healthy way through your body while also being there with someone who feels calm and grounded gives your nervous system the signal that it's safe to express that. It's safe to release it. And then once I've released it, oh, now I can, now I can attune to your nervous system and feel what it's like to feel safe and calm. Okay. That, that might've been like a small thing that we did. All right. Now we're going to start to maybe expand your nervous system's ability to go a little bit deeper and to go a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. And all of a sudden we get to the point where now we can really start to heal some of those big things. But in my experience, one of the things that really didn't work for me in, in therapy was that it was like, okay, let's talk about what's going on. And it was like, you were just deep diving into something really traumatic. But if our nervous systems are already activated and triggered, that's not the best approach because it just sends you down the spiral and you never actually get to the healing. The healing happens when we turn inward and start to connect with it in our bodies. And so 
this process is very slow. It's pendulated, meaning we might we might focus on things that feel really safe and calm and grounding. And then we might slowly move into something that feels a little triggering to give your nervous system the chance to, to settle in that space. But then we might move back to something that's calming so that your nervous system is never stuck here. It's teaching your nervous system that there's a balance between the two. And once it can have that resilience, then you do the deeper work, but it can happen slow and it can happen fast depending on somebody's nervous system resilience and and capacity, but it's really soft. It's really beautiful. And it comes with this approach of healing trauma doesn't have to be traumatic. You know, you've already experienced this traumatic event. Let's make healing not feel so traumatic. You know, let's, let's do it in a very gentle, soft way. Oh, well, I just felt my my whole body relax when you yeah. said that because I think a lot of people say, oh, I want to heal, but so many people don't want to have to acknowledge yes. it all again. You don't yes. want to have to. Yes. It just feels traumatic. And that just, yes. where, the way you describe that just feels so beautiful. Yeah. And because I know you spoke about doing an EMDR and I've spoken to a few people as well about that on the podcast. I mean, how does it compare to something like EMDR? Because I get the idea that that's quite traumatic as well. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, any modality, anytime you're healing your trauma, you're not going to be like rainbows and sunshines, right? Like there, you are going to be processing emotions. You will be sad. It might feel hard. But the approach feels different in somatic experiencing because it's a very it's a very pendulated process where we're only going as far as your nervous system can allow. So we're not stretching it beyond its capacity, right? So I think what I would say about EMDR compared to this is for me, EMDR was helpful in that it, it did actually help me process my grief. And it helped me get out of my head in terms of all of the stories I was telling myself. But if I had to go back, like I would probably put somatic experiencing as my number one modality to to heal through first than any of the others because of just the power I experienced in it and the ability for, for me to just heal things in ways that I never even knew was possible. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So, and, and I would say too, everyone is different, right? What feels good for me might not feel so good 
and might feel different for someone else. So I wouldn't rule out any modality for therapy, just wanting to share my approach and my experience in that somatic experience really was what I needed because I held intense trauma in my body and in my energy system that no, no talking was going to get rid of it. You know, no amount of EMDR was going to get rid of it. It really had to be a body-based approach. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're now practicing somatic healing. Do you believe that somatic healing can help most people? Absolutely. I think it can help anyone, even the people who who say, I don't have trauma. Even the people who just say, I'm stressed, I'm overwhelmed, I'm feeling annoyed at my kids. Any and all of those experiences are experiences that somatic experiencing can help with. Yeah. And they can help give you the tools and the strategies to shift your experience um, as long as you use them. You know, the the tools and resources within somatic experiencing I love because after the session, you know, you, you're not left to your own devices to figure it out <laughs> the days between one session and the next. You really have some tactical things you can do that can work really quickly to help shift your experience. Yeah, sounds beautiful. Do you think that, do you believe that everybody has trauma from their past? Yes, I believe everyone has trauma. So trauma might be generational trauma, meaning it has been something carried down through generations and you're holding the energy of that trauma. It could be a traumatic experience like I have experienced. It could even be, you know, when we think of trauma, we always think of these big events, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think we always talk about the little traumas that we experience, like the bullying or, you know, being made to feel like we're not good enough, or maybe having parents who loved us, but maybe they didn't know how to really support us. So they weren't really meeting our needs, although they were there and they were loving, but maybe they didn't meet our needs and we felt like there was something wrong with us. All of those things can create an environment where we feel shame, where we start to feel, you know, like someone says something and it feels really hurtful to us. And it, that could be, that could be a traumatic experience. It doesn't have to be abuse or neglect or suicide. So yes, I would say you'll, you'll, you'd be hard pressed to find someone in this world today that hasn't experienced something that felt traumatic to them. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I, I'm always interested with people who they talk about other people <laughs> as having trauma, you know, yeah. and I'm like, I think I'm pretty sure like you, you know, I just don't think people are, are aware of it often. Yeah. And so much of your story is really grief, isn't it? How can, can somatic healing help with grief? Mm. Grief is such a process, right? It comes in waves and I think it is layered. Grief can show up in a moment's notice. And I think with somatic experiencing, what it does is it helps connect you to your body. Where am I holding this grief in my body? So when I'm talking about something sad or I'm talking about the loss of someone or, you know, that I am missing someone or the loss of even an old way of being. So maybe you had to shift how you used to be into something different and now you're grieving the loss of that. 
we hold that grief in our body somewhere. So it could be in our chest, could be in our stomach. We might feel it in our hands. We might feel it in our feet. We might feel it in our neck. Somatic experiencing gives you the tools to start to connect with that and start to honor that part of your body saying, you can even talk to it. Saying, oh my gosh, grief. I see you right now. I see how sad you are. I just want you to know you're not alone. I'm with you. This is very sad. You're right. It gives you the chance to connect to your nervous system and your body in a very compassionate, kind way and reminds your whole system just with a touch of a hand that you're not alone. And that in this process of validating the experience, we learn that it's okay to feel the way we feel. So often we're taught it's not okay to feel sad. It's not okay to be angry. It's not okay to be loud and boisterous that we have to somehow hide these things. But the truth is grief will pass. It will be a wave. You know, we might connect with it and say, oh my gosh, this feels so intense. And we just follow that, that feeling and that sensation in our body. Let that intensity sit there for a minute. What does it feel like? Are there thoughts that come up around this intensity? Give it love, shower it with validation, and then watch and see what happens next. That sensation might feel less. That sensation might move. That sensation might all of a sudden bring up a memory. But somatic experiencing connects you to your body so that you can process that grief out of your body in a really uh, gentle way. I love that. And I love the holistic feel of it because I know from having gone through chronic health issues myself, it was so much like, oh, your adrenal glands, mm-hmm. you know, there. So, so it's like, well, let's try and fix that. And yes, then it's, you know, it's like, it was just these years of piecing puzzles yes. pieces yes. together. Yes. And- I know what that's like. <laughs> Just to, just to think, you know, it's actually all going to be kind yeah. of working together. Yeah. So as a trauma healing guide, why is trauma healing so important? Mm, because it affects every part of our life. When we don't face it, when we don't heal it, it affects our health. Just like we're talking about here, you know, the energy of holding our past wounds, whether they were big traumatic T's or small traumatic T's, that that trauma is energy that stays within us. And that energy kind of deteriorates our body over time. So our health can be affected at a certain point when we become an adult. Our relationships are affected. You know, all of a sudden we come to a relationship with a need to, you know, maybe our glass of our, our internal glass is only halfway full because that's all that we know how to do for ourselves. And we look for others to fill that gap. And, you know, we might find ourselves in relationships that aren't healthy or that aren't really meeting our needs. It affects our ability to see the world. You know, I often use this analogy of when we don't, when we have trauma in the past as a child or a young teen, essentially we're living our life through these trauma stained lenses. We have glasses on that. We're seeing the world through the trauma pain, through the neglect, through the beliefs that we take on. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart. I don't deserve love. 
I have to work really hard to earn money or I'm not worthy of success or whatever those beliefs are. We operate through those lenses. But when we start to heal and we turn inward and we really start to connect with our body, that changes our lenses. All of a sudden, the the, the glass starts to clear and we start to really connect with our innate divine selves that we are innately lovable and are loved. We are innately protected and safe and deserving of whatever it is that we really desire. And it starts to shift our ability to be in relation with others. You know, our capacity for holding space and holding someone else's emotions is directly tied to the ability for us to do that for ourselves. So that healing helps to fill our cup up essentially, we start to fill up our cup, we start to heal and support our own selves before anyone else does it for us. And then when we become in relation with others, then whatever they give to us is just extra, it's just the top. But we're no longer in this pattern of I need you, I have expectations for you to fill this gap here, because I, I need it filling. So it shifts everything about your life when you take the opportunity to heal it. Yeah. And what ways would it show up for people? Like if you're not recognizing that you're traumatized or that you need help, what sort of ways do you think people can recognize that it's showing up for them? Well, chronic health issues is a big one. So any type of autoimmune condition and or digestive dysfunction, chronic fatigue, anything where you're noticing your health and feeling this sensation of like my health is constantly deteriorating. I feel like I'm less and less and less of myself. I think that's a big sign that something is going on beyond just your body, beyond just your health. Your health really is tied to your emotional state. Other ways that this shows up is people-pleasing. Finding If you're finding yourself always deferring to others, never speaking your truth, I often work with people who have thyroid disease and there is a direct connection between having dysfunctional thyroid and not speaking your truth, not being able to communicate your needs. I need safety. I need time alone. I need your help. I need to hear that I am loved. Whatever those needs are, if we're not expressing them, it starts to deteriorate our our thyroid glands. It could be working, overworking yourself, you know, spending lots of time, you know, grinding down on the work and, you know, trying to prove your value through the level of work that you do. It could be outbursts, emotional outbursts, you know, like I was talking about with my daughter, It could be the sense of lack of motivation and no ability to get out of it. The sense of like, I am not good enough. Maybe there's a sense of shame that's coming up around. I don't look good enough. I'm not good enough. Whatever those are, that can be a signal to go deeper. And then another one I see often is emotional eating. When you are in a state of chronic stress and have held this trauma energy in your body, you might self-soothe through emotional eating. And that can often be a a sign that there needs to be some healing as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting, isn't it? So many people walking around with all of those things. And our society is all about let's fix 
the, yes. sim the symptoms, let's fix the illnesses, and nobody's really talking about the trauma in the, the wider conversation. What's one tip that you have for anyone who knows they have unresolved trauma? Yeah, my tip would be to go slow and to find a therapist that feels supportive to you, that feels like you're, you know, your right match. It might take a few to figure that out, but then to honor your process and your journey. And if that means going slow, then go slow. If that means going fast, then see what that feels like to you. But in my experience, when we set out on the path of healing our past traumas, it's kind of like cooking or baking cookies. You know, if we have chocolate chip cookies, that recipe, and we've got them all laid out on the pan and we put them in the oven at 600 degrees, they're going to burn to a crisp rather quickly. But if we have the recipe and we got the cookies all laid out and we put them in the oven at the right temperature for the right amount of time, they come out beautiful and they come out delicious and it's something that we can really enjoy. And so I love this as an analogy for trauma healing that we can't rush the healing process. We can't just go in and be like, hey, all right, I got this one thing, let's figure it out. I want to and then I'll be gone. You know, trauma healing is a journey. Trauma healing is layered. It's nuanced. It's unique as unique as you are. And so it's really, I think, important for people to honor that process for themselves and to not rush it. Let it unfold the way it unfolds. Give yourself a lot of time to integrate the things that you're healing because it's in the integration where we start to feel a little bit better and we start to operate a little bit differently and we start to see beyond those trauma-stained lenses. Yeah, such beautiful advice. And Mandy, I know you offer beautiful one-on-one -on -one healing sessions for women. You're on Instagram yeah. and Facebook. Can you tell us what you're offering and where we can find you? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, on those socials, Instagram and Facebook is where you'll find me. I'm Mandy L. Harvey on Instagram and Mandy Harvey on Facebook. And in both of those profiles, you'll find my link tree link, which will get you right to the opportunities to work with me to also get some free gifts. But in terms of working with me, I offer single sessions. They're 60 minutes long where you can try out this process and see what this uh, somatic healing is all about. Or if you know that this is ready for you and you are just ready to go, you can buy a package of them and get four sessions for the price of three. So they are normally three, 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 $333. And then you can buy four of them for the price of three if you want to. But like I said, I also have free gifts on my link tree a couple different options there. There's a decode your fatigue workbook and assessment to determine what your fatigue is all about and how to work with it and how to heal it. And then there's also a video and workbook process that I use with my clients and I teach about it often. It, it's called love and it's a four-step process to help you through processing emotions, regulating your nervous system and healing from your past. 
Oh, that all sounds so amazing. I'll put all the Thank you. links in the show notes so that you can go and find Mandy. You, you've been through an incredible journey, Mandy, and now you're, you've got these two beautiful children in your life. What is your life like today? I love them. It's amazing. I was just thinking today, sitting on my patio, like, thank you so much. I'm just so grateful for this life that I dreamed about so long ago and that I actually have it here today. It's There's a lot of laughter and joy, and I teach my kids often how to process their own emotions as they come up and how to connect with their bodies. So we have days that are woven with joy and laughter and fun and talking about emotions and how to be our best selves and take care of ourselves and So that is all that I could ask for. I have healthy children. I have a beautiful home and the opportunity to help others on their own healing journey. So life couldn't get any better. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to hear that you've had. (laughs) Thank you. Your journey is, oh my gosh, I don't know. It's got to be one of the hardest I've ever heard. And it's just proof, isn't it, that you can... Yes, you can come through and you can survive it, but you can thrive and you can create a beautiful life. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. It was such an honor to be here. Thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at My Big Love Project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique, your journey is unique, and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious, and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week.